Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Live It Well podcast. We are your hosts, Chris and Jenny Gravy. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. We are so glad that you're here with us. Each week, we invite authors, mentors, friends of ours who have an inspiring message, who are living their life well. And so our goal is to learn and grow, and we want to invite you to do the exact same thing with us. So hope you're ready. Let's dive right in. On today's episode, we're so thrilled to welcome back to the show our sweet Texas friend, mm-hmm. mother of five as well, and best-selling author, Kay Wyma. <sighs> the crowd goes wild. We love Kay. Oh, uh, Kay's the best. She and- really is. She's, you know, we didn't, I don't even know if we mentioned this during our conversation, but when we first started this journey of book writing, literally the weekend that it all began... I got an email from Kay saying, hey, I don't know why, but God put you on my heart this weekend. And so I've just been praying for you. Is there anything I can do? And I just thought, oh, that is so incredible. And we ended up going to have coffee. And while we're sitting there, I'm looking across at her and she's just, you know, being so kind and sharing her wisdom as an author, not even knowing that that's the journey that we were beginning. And, and mom of five. And she, yeah, and <laughs> looking at her going, oh my gosh, Lord, like here you are putting someone in front of me in my path who's a little bit farther along than I am. She right. also has five kids. Right. They're a little bit older than ours. And so I just felt like it was such a gift from the Lord mm-hmm. to begin this journey with somebody who's gone before me to just kind of give us some guidance along the way. She's just been such an encouragement, you know, as we hit things along the way that we don't understand or I'm like, what is this? All right, Kay, what do I do here? Oh my gosh, it's been so great to be able to call or text her and go, hey, what about this? And what do (laughs) I do here? And have you ever encountered this? And she's just been wonderful. So I am thrilled to have her on the show today. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I can't think of a better way to kick off the summer than to practice what Kay calls the Soul 30. The Whole 30? No, not Whole 30. <laughs> no dieting in the summer. <laughs> maybe, no way. Maybe there should be some. But, <laughs> but no, it's, uh, I love it. It's, it's like a daily dose of thankfulness, kindness, and mercy. Yes, we chat with Kay about her own personal experience through 30 days of practicing thankfulness, kindness, and mercy, and the challenges she faced, powerful lessons learned along the way, and the unexpected peace that resulted from continually living from this posture. Kindness requires a tiny bit of bravery because in an act of kindness, you could be rejected. In those moments in your day, when you see it, just do it. You know, just listen to somebody. Listen to hear them, not just to endure it. What an act of kindness. And it changes your mindset so that you really end up not having to think about it. It becomes your gut reaction. And therein goes the power of the way our brains are created. You actually can impact your neural pathways so that when you hit these stressors in life, that's where you're automatically going without thinking about it rather than to places of anxiety or worry or fear. It's that powerful. I love how she shares the story of where this TKM came from. You guys are going to enjoy that story a lot. So we we had a great conversation with Kay. As always, she's chock full of wisdom, and she's super fun and funny and real. And totally genuine. I love it. She's just so authentic. There's just no... No BS. (laughs) No BS. We can say BS. We can say, yeah, we just did. (laughs) So with that being said, no BS coming your way. Pull up a chair. Enjoy this one. It's so much fun. Here's Kay. All right, Kay. Well, welcome back to the show. We're so glad that you're here. Well, it is always a privilege hanging out with you guys. 
in person or on a glitchy internet. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. The old internet. All right. Well, we're excited to talk about this brand new project that you have. But before we do that, I just first want to say thank you so much for being such a great friend of my wife. You know, we're on this journey with some new adventures in the world of the publishing world. And you've been such a gift to her as a friend and a mentor. And just, just can't say thank you enough for that. Well, it's a privilege. I mean, we definitely travel the road together, don't we? <laughs> it's fun. Yeah, 100%. Okay, well, bef- we'll stop talking about us now. Let's get back to you. <laughs> um, so we're going to talk about this brand new project we have. But, you know, I want to know, this book that you've written, what number is this? How many books have you birthed into the world? Yeah, so this is number four, which is sort of strange. I think what happens is there's something going on that, that is in my world that either makes me mad or like that it's hurting my kids and hurting people I love. And I'm sort of like, yeah, I really don't like that. I think I'll, I think I'll write a little bit about that. And so I never intended to get into the writing world, which I feel a tiny bit bad about, but I love it. And, and it's really been such a privilege. It's helped me just, I think anytime you're leaning into your giftedness, whether you understand that's your giftedness or purpose or not, it actually makes you feel good. Mm -hmm. So it's been really helpful to me. And I love thinking through issues or circumstances and getting down to the why and um, how we as Christians actually have life in all of these situations, but sometimes we forget that we do. And we forget to tap into it. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think we this, this coming alongside together and each other is just a privilege. It's so important. And it's just really life-giving. So I think that's why I write. I love that. That's such a beautiful reason to write. Um, I, I want to go back even further a little bit, just for a minute, to the younger Kay back when you were a kid. Is this something that you dreamed of your whole life? Did you see your life? Being like this as an author and a mom of five, what was that journey like? (laughs) I didn't see myself as an author or a mother. In fact, on our first child, I was was in investment banking and I had a huge deal that I wanted to close because I wanted the bonus on that deal. (laughs) And I remember sitting like days from having a baby and my doctor is like, hey, you are having a child. And I'm like, not today. I'm not... (laughs) And so anyway, I didn't really dream about any of that. And, but I will say this, like in the writing aspect, I was afforded a good education. And so I had some great, and and by that, I didn't necessarily, most of my education was in the public school, but I had some terrific teachers who taught me just the core strengths of grammar and um, gave me the tools to be able to do this. And I didn't know that I was going to do it, but I remember liking it. Like even in second grade, they, they put something out for Halloween and everybody had to write a story about it. And I think you got 10 red hots, whoever won got 10 red hots. And, and I remember writing my little story and I won and I got the red hots, but more than anything, I still remember how much I enjoyed writing that little story. And so it must've been in me. I just didn't know it because of course, you know, my, dad, when I went to college, I got a practical degree (laughs) in business, you know, so I could have a job. And so um, it's fun to see how it's going to come out. Whatever you love and whatever you were created to do, 
you're only going to be happiest when you're doing it and it's going to happen. And so if it becomes your vocation, great. If it isn't your vocation, still do it because it's part of who you are. And, um, and I've loved that. Yeah, that's amazing. Did you grow up in Dallas? Did you grow up in the Dallas area? No, I grew up in lovely Wichita Falls, Texas. Wichita Falls. Okay. Where within a day, you can have a tornado, a hailstorm, a dust storm. And, you know, it's, it's, I loved it. But <laughs> people drive through, I think, and, and keep driving. But me and the people that live there love it because the people in Wichita Falls are awesome. Oh, that's great. Yeah, we drove through on our way to Colorado. <laughs> kept on driving. <laughs> and just kept right on and moving. Yeah. So kept on driving. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. All right, well, let's talk about the latest book, The Peace Project. What is it? And uh, where did, you know, you talk about it coming kind of with pain points or whatnot. Uh, where did the idea come from? Well, it all started with a bad attitude, which really is the truth. I had a sorry, rotten attitude one morning when I came home. There were ladies coming over for coffee because we have a gathering at our house every week just to get together and study scripture. And so it was a Bible study on top of everything else. And my, I opened the fridge to get out the milk for coffee to serve everybody. And there were two cartons of milk with absolutely nothing in them. And uh, I know you all, if you're not living that, you're going to. The empty cereal boxes, the empty milk cartons, and I mean, crazy. And so I got in my car just kind of grouchy. And I pulled out the driveway to head to the grocery store. And this big black pickup truck sort of road rude came up to me and was like, I'm going, you can pull out of the way. And I was so frustrated. I just was like, what are you doing? This is, this is our street. Could you be respectful? You know? And so I was forced to back up. And as I backed up, I looked up and there was this beautiful sunrise and, you know, coming through the clouds, it had rained. It just was spectacular. And in that looking up, I breathed and I didn't really realize what was happening. I just was naturally responding to this breathing. And then I was like, what am I doing? I'm in an air conditioned car. I'm driving to a grocery store. It is a Texas hot summer. There will be refrigerated items. Somebody actually might say, good morning, Kay, you know, because I know the people at the grocery store. And instantly in that moment, I'm actually going to thankfulness without really realizing it. And I start to feel better. Like instantly I feel better. And in that feeling better, I happily backed up going, you know what, please go, like go ahead of me and um, made way with a heart that was happier, which is an act of kindness. Again, I wasn't sitting there going, oh, I'm practicing an act of kindness, but that's what was happening. And as the guy drove by, I saw the human being behind the wheel and thought for a minute, I have no idea what's going on in that person's day. They could be racing to the hospital. They could be late for work. You know, they could be a jerk and a jerk has a long life, you know? And so compassion starts to flood in. And um, I, I'm now on this like physical high without just kind of going, I don't know what just happened, but man, I feel good. And I went into the grocery store, felt great. I came home, and an hour later, told these gals, you're not going to believe what happened this morning. I was, you know, told the whole story. And I'm sitting there going, I still feel great. A week lady, later, these ladies come back and one of them says, can you share that story again? And the gal sitting next to her who goes, oh, I'm, I'm doing it. And I'm like, what story doing what? And she goes, your thing. And I was like, what is my thing? <laughs> she goes, well, that thankfulness, kindness thing, you know, with the compassion. And, and I was sitting there going, okay. It was that significant. 
Is it a thing? And if it's a thing, what is it in those practicing those or doing that? Why did it make me feel that way? Why is it making this other lady feel so great? And if it's something, are we willing to play and try it? And that's where I was sitting there going, you know, people around these parts do whole thir- a whole 30 if you're starting a diet or something. And I was like, why don't we do a soul 30 where you actually proactively do things that are going to make your thought process healthier and you can do it. It's free. It's easy. And let's figure it out and see if it's real. And that's how it started. I love that so much. Um, and just so listeners are aware, the whole idea of the Soul 30 or the Peace Project is for 30 days, you practice yeah. an act of thankfulness, mercy, and kindness, correct? Yes. And mercy. Mercy is is the linchpin. <laughs> mercy is the part where the soul goodness comes in. And um, there's so much science proving why thankfulness actually helps us physically because it, 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 it lights up parts of your brain. And it fires endorphins when you do it. And that's why there's so many thankful journals and things like that, because these this really helps. And writing it down actually helps you too. The same they're realizing now with kindness, because now that we have the ability to study the brain, you get to see what parts of your brain light up when you do an act of kindness, especially like an altruistic act of kindness where you can get nothing in return. It fires regions of your brain that cannot be accessed and lit without doing that activity. And so you have the research, and then there was something about this mercy component, which was the hardest, was actually a challenge to figure out the why, the what's and the why's. And at the end of the day, the biggest why is because all of the aspects of mercy are actually the Lord himself. When you practice compassion, you're engaging with the one who said, as this goodness passed before Moses, I am compassionate and I'm slow to anger. And so as you engage with that. It's like within my own capacity, I don't have room to do that. Like I I honestly, I don't think we really get that, you know, but when we do it, we're actually engaging with him. And that's why I think the peace comes in because it's so deep. And there's a Jesuit priest that defined mercy as the willingness to enter into someone else's chaos, which Mm. takes it to this place where you are making a willful choice to do it. Because if you're in a situation that invites mercy, something not great has happened. Like there, there is something in it that possibly has harmed you. And so this isn't about being a victim going in and saying, walk all over me or anything like that, because that is never something that is beneficial to us. This is a place where you're coming from your wholeness and your, and your significance being settled by the one who has determined your identity and declared your worth so that in that moment, that's my ground. And I can actually see the human being next to me who has a lot of unseen things going on and genuinely have compassion and be able to either leave the situation in wholeness or be able to engage the person in wholeness. And that's why I think it's, it's so powerful. Maybe too, because it, it's like you're experiencing the greatest commandment. You're actually living it out when you practice these things. 
Yeah, that's so good. I love that. And and just for people listening, can you give us just some practical things? I love how you brought your friends into it. You brought your kids into it. Um, and everyone kind of experienced it in their own way. What are some fun stories that you share in the book about thankfulness, mercy, and kindness? Um, what are some practical examples of how we can jump into our own Soul 30 practice? Well, the first thing is just to start, like just to start. And it sounds like, oh, here's something I have to start. You know, here's another thing I have to do. I'm just telling you on this one, this is like being done for you. So the part of us going, I have to do it is slightly laughable because what it gives you the instant you do it, it's like, here's a gift, like Mm -hmm. welcome to this gift. And so, and it, it doesn't have to be huge things. Just this morning, I was walking by our neighbor's house and it's rainy here. And I picked up his papers and put them on the front porch. And I was reminded of this story because I was like, I forgot. I was walking home, like walking in the morning while we were doing this, you know, I called it an experiment or challenge or whatever. And my neighbor, I I was sitting on my front porch and my sweet neighbor, like a gal that lives on our street was walking up and she was picking up every single person's paper and putting them on their front porch, which is just Mm. the tiniest act of kindness, you know? And when she got to my right next door neighbor, she was bending down to pick up the papers and the sprinklers went on. And I was like, oh my gosh. And, and she still in the sprinklers got that paper and put it on their porch. And, and I, I think I shocked her when I said, yeah, that is the nicest thing. And she said to me, it takes so little effort just to be kind. And I was sitting there going, she's right. And what it does, even for that person, as they open their front door, it's like someone cared about me. So therein goes the tiniest little message. It can be even in traffic just yesterday with one of the kids sitting next to me, because traffic is bad right now, not just that it's coming back. But I think people have forgotten how to drive in it because we haven't been in it. And so we know it, like it's not like it's a brand new thing, but while we're doing it, it doesn't feel good or right because we haven't been in close quarters or not really knowing what's going on. So the honking is crazy. I don't know about y'all, but everybody's honking here. And <laughs> and so there was a car in the far left lane that needed to get over. And my daughter with me was like, well, you know, we should let that guy over. So we did. We stopped. We let the person go, go and he had to go like two lanes over to get in. And she said, I'm so glad we did that. And she said, if someone had done that for me, it would have made me feel seen and it would have made me feel like I have worth. And that's what this does. Whenever we do these things, it quietly says to someone, you matter, you matter. And as we do this for other people, I really think it invites the opportunity for us to do it for ourselves because I think we're harder on ourselves than we are on anyone in our lives. And it's like the person in the mirror needs a little grace too. Absolutely. I'm over here trying to think about newspapers still being around. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's, that's a kindness to the publishing of these newspaper (laughs) companies that you guys are still, you still have those. That's really great. We got them. Yeah, I love it. So, all right. So when Jenny shared the TKM you know, analogy for me, being the guy that I am, I, I think TKO, which is a knockout punch in boxing, <laughs> you know, TKO is when somebody just completely gets yeah. knocked out in boxing. And so 
But I think what's cool is this whole analogy with thankfulness, kindness, and mercy has the potential to, you know, obviously knock out selfishness and self-centeredness and all those sorts of things. And so what would you say as you kind of have delved delved into this project, it sounds like you've brought your kids into it and they're learning and your friends and whatnot. What are some of the like the interesting takeaways as the kind of the whole idea of TKOing yourself and focusing on others through this project? What are some big kind of life lessons that you learned in it? Gosh, you know, so many. And um, I love that you went there. Like a TKO really does knock out. And this TKM is like an infusion, an infusion of energy, literally, like physical energy. And it's an infusion of steadiness. So we have had a lot of unsettled things over the last year, as everyone has through COVID. There have been a couple in our life that were a bit more significant that were outside of COVID may have been spurred on by that. Some stuff that I look back and I just honestly can't, I'm not sure how we actually lived through it. And it's not mine to share or I would, you know, because it's, it's intense and it's deep. But I will say that in these most intense moments, it floored me that, and it's, I hope people buy this book. I really do. But I think the writing, it was for us to be able to go through what we went through last year and to be able to live in fullness and wholeness through these things. Because we could, in tapping these things, especially mercy, to be able to, in these moments that were threatening to steal everything from us, to be able to go, hold on a second, this chaos, this is stealing from us. We're go- I know that I can find something to be thankful for. I know that I can be kind to someone and I know that what that does for me. And if I can get to that mercy piece, I'm pretty sure that we can live in fullness, even in this situation that is everything but full. Every one of my kids would claim it and say how significant it was for them to be able to walk through some suffering situations, but to be able to do it where they could live the day instead of endure the day. And to me, that's the most significant aspect, even in the most complicated relationship issues. Because as you do these things with people that are strangers or people that are or that are um, acquaintances, it primes the pump for you to be able to do it in these relational things that may be way back in your history or circumstances that happen to you that aren't right and that aren't good and be able to find the peace and the joy in it because it's infused in you. You don't have to make it up. You don't have to fight hard to have it. It's given to you. And and it's sort of like when Moses came down from the mountain after spending time in the goodness of God, like in the presence of the goodness of God, he glowed, you know, and he wasn't, he didn't even know he was glowing. Like, and it wasn't like glow, you know, he wasn't thinking about it, but it was simply the presence of the Lord that was like from the inside out. And that's what this does. And, and I didn't make it up. This is not my story. It is an absolute loner. Like the Lord has gone on that day that you had the rotten attitude. Here's a gift for you. And it is a gift. It's an amazing gift. And it's with absolute certainty. I can tell you, you do these things and get ready. If you enjoy reading about the whys and hows, buy the book. No matter what, just do it. Your life will be better for it because the Lord himself said 
These are the things that sum up all the law and the prophets. And all of that was for our good. It wasn't done to us. It was done for us. And then to live in the righteousness that he has given to you, because you certainly aren't going to achieve it. We never, never meant to. It's like you can live in this world and you can live Mm -hmm. in fullness and joy. And these activities or practices, it takes your faith from just head knowledge to actual living it. And Mm -hmm. it's so fun and it's so great. And if you feel heavy today, just look for it. Start with thankfulness. It primes the pump, you know, and then, then just do something that is outside of yourself where no one really sees it. And then have mercy on yourself. Have mercy on the person that just Mm -hmm. honked at you. Have mercy on that person that's not being nice to your kid and realize there's more in the unseen, not as a victim, but from a place of wholeness. Yeah, that's so good. And I I love that you said start with thankfulness because I think that's a great way to kind of enter into it. But you're totally right in leaving mercy to the last because that, I don't know about you, but for me, that's the hardest one. Um, When somebody's hurt me or somebody's hurt my kids um, or my man, like my instinct is to get my, my fists up, you know, but I love how you talk about mercy and it being so relational. Can you unpack a little bit of that more? Um, just the idea of mercy, not being, I'm up here and you're down here and I'm going to scoop down to help you. It's about relationship. It's about humanity and like seeing that we're both broken. We're both human and we're both, we both have dignity and worth because we're children of God. Yeah, you pretty much just answered the question right there. <laughs> because that's exactly it. That's exactly it. And therein lies the secret. And and it sounds like, well, I have to do this. You know, I'm always having to see that in other people. But I actually think in seeing those things, what you just said, the dignity, the worth, the importance to God, because he says of us, you are a treasure You are my masterpiece. Your name is sought after with a capital S and a capital A. Those are hard things to believe. And when you actually might, when you ascribe that to somebody else by being compassionate, being graceful, being forgiving, whatever it is, again, resting on the fact that your, your ground is solid, Mm -hmm. you might actually start to believe it. And I do think it allows us to be a little more tender with ourselves, which I don't know. Why is that so hard? (laughs) It is. Oh, it's crazy. Kay, when, you know, you wrote this, God gave you this idea on a grumpy day. Good job, Jesus. And I'm glad that it's affecting you and your family <laughs> and all of your friends. What When you finish writing this and you kind of turn it into the publisher, and now when someone picks it up, what's your hope for them on the other side of this? My hope is, is a, and it's a hope that, it's, it's solid. Like I, I, it's actually an excitement. I think I'm more excited than anything else. It's like, wow, I'm so excited that you're going to get to experience this because if it was my shtick, I would be nervous about it and kind of like, well, I hope this works. It's mm. not, it's not. It's sort of like, because even Jenny, like you were saying that mercy would be after the thankfulness and the kindness. I didn't plan that. Like it was so not a plan. It shocked me. And I didn't know what happened. It really was after the fact going, really, what was that? And yes, you're right. That mercy coming in on the end is brilliant <laughs> because I didn't think it up, you know, <laughs> like, 
there you have it. And so it's, I think Chris, it's, it's excitement. Like I'm so pumped for anybody that tries this stuff. And it's like, try it, lean into it, let it, the thing about 30 days that again, it was a hokey, it was just kind of like, I'm weird. I need a little shtick to do something, you know? And I was sort of like, call 30, soul 30. I really like that idea. Yeah, soul 30. I can do something for 30 days. I'm so glad I did and wrote it down. Like the key, please write it down. I love going back and looking at it because it's so rich and, and it's sort of like thankfulness. Good luck saying one thing to be thankful for. Like with our kids, I was, you know, I was like, you have to be thankful for something different every day. That's the rule. Well, whatever. The rule didn't matter at all because you start being thankful and it's a sea of thankfulness starts to roll in. And it's like, it takes you out of the moment and allows you to rise above the moment. And then to be able to go back into the moment, so much healthier, so much healthier. It dials down a lot of this, of just a lot of the chaos that we find ourselves in these days. And not just the chaos, the anxieties, the worries that are real, the sadness and the blues that are legitimate. What we have lived through is not something light, but we try to treat it like it's something light because we can't see the carnage, but it's inside of everybody. And so today, every single person listening needs to please give yourself an ounce of grace and not look at what's making you sad and say, well, I shouldn't be sad. You know, this person over here has a right to be sad or whatever it is. We've lived through a lot and it's okay to respect it and it's okay to get out of it. And this actually helps us to get back to human connectedness which is what the Lord created us for. He created us for mm-hmm. together. If it was an apart thing, then we never would be with him at the end. But the whole the whole ball of wax is that we will forever be together. That's the beauty. Every time a kid leaves our house and drives away, I, I stood in the street watching one drive away to go work at camp. It shreds me. I like her so much. I don't like being mm-hmm. away from them. And I'm as I sit there, I'm like, Jesus, how did you leave us? How did you do it? Because I know how much he loves us. And it's like they, the, the Father, the Son, the Spirit love us so much that they would have this separation so that we could experience him without seeing him, which is the inside goodness. And that's what we get. And it's good. It's good. And so... I don't even know if I answered your question. <laughs> you did. You did it. You, you did it. You did great. You did awesome. So I yeah. love it and agree with it. We will get me yeah. off that soapbox. I love it. <laughs> Clearly you're passionate about it. So just to wrap a bow on it, uh, anybody listening, you know, this. I think this is coming out in perfect timing. Again, brilliance on your part, and I'm sure you'll say it was totally God. Um, but, you know, we're coming out of COVID. We're starting to at least a little bit. We're, we're entering into the summer months. I think this would be such a fun project for families over the Mm -hmm. summer, you know, just take a month and every day just work on this together. So just give me a couple practical things as like, if we do this with our kids, do we get some notebooks? Do we like, how do you practically do it? Isn't there an app? Do you have an app for this? I do. How hilarious. Yes. Cause one of the gals that was doing it, um, said, you know, I didn't take my book with me, but I wanted to write down what was happening. I sure wish wish there was an app. So there is like an app. It's a progressive web app, which means that you can go on the internet and get it and put it on your, it'll automatically put it on your homepage if you want. 
And it has just a journal in it. Like it's a journal, it's a journaling feature. And it also had a podcast feature, which was so fun. So I've just been asking people that engage with these activities, just share, like share a little bit about why it helps. And so that's kind of fun. You know, it's one of those things that it's like, just start. And if somebody needs help starting, Mm -hmm. do it. Like doing it together is brilliant. Even the acts of kindness together are so fun. And when they present themselves, do it. We were driving out of the carpool line at one point. I included this story in there. And this lady in front of us in her suburban drove over the cone, you know, and the cone stuck. <laughs> and so she she does a U-turn in front of us on this busy street. And one of the kids was like, she's never going to get that cone out from under her car. And I was like, we will be getting the cone out of the car, you know. And so mine's cringing. Please no. This is embarrassing. And in that moment, the you know, she gets out, gets the cone out. The little kids in the car are horrified that the cone's under their car. Then they're cheering as they drive away. So in that moment, goodness abounds. And as we drive away, the one that got the cone out was like, man, I feel great. I actually really do feel great. I'm glad we stopped. And so it's like in those moments in your day when you see it, because kindness requires a tiny Mm. bit of bravery because in an act of kindness, you could be rejected. Um, There's that like, I feel like I'm looking stupid or I'm bothering them. Just do it. If you're walking by someone and you like their outfit, say it. I love your outfit. Where'd you get that? I love your shoes. Your dog is so cute. You know, just listen to somebody. Listen to hear them, not just to endure it. What an act of kindness. And so it's like, keep a little notebook. I bought them for mine because we did do it, but not in some way where they were judged if they didn't. You know, this was, it actually was just, it, it was a lot easier to do than you think it would be. And it changes your mindset so that you really end up not having to think about it. It becomes your gut reaction. And therein goes the power of the way our brains are created. You actually can impact your neural pathways. And to be able to have this be the highest traveled pathway is significant so that when you hit these stressors in life, that's where you're automatically going without thinking about it rather than to places of anxiety or worry or fear. And it's that, it's that powerful. That's so good. I love it. Love it. All right. Well, we're going to hit just like we did the last time we were on the show. We have three final questions. Kay, are you ready? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm scared. Great. Great. Perfect. That's Perfect. my, I love that answer. Okay. <laughs> Question number one, what's a book that's changed your life? What's a book that has changed my life? Mm-hmm. Well, of course I would say the Bible, but we know that's true. I I like biographies, so I would say I'm going to put a couple of Dutch people in there, Corey Ten Boom and Brother Andrew. I love those books. really shows nice. the power of God in action. And Brother Andrews is God's smuggler, and Corey Ten Boom's is the hiding place. Nice. I love those too. Okay, and question number two, what's a habit that's changed your life? Maybe it's well, this it's one. <laughs> Softball. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for that. I'll tell you what it is. It's practicing thankfulness, kindness, and mercy. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you can pick the book up where books are sold. <laughs> Guys, get the book, okay? We're trying to tell you, get the book. All right. Uh, last question is, what advice would you give to the younger K? Oh, I I think I would, I would think I would say be a little more gentle with yourself. Just be a little more gentle. I think I was 
I was hard on myself. Yeah. I don't think I, if I had known at that time, and I'm not sure I could have, the significance of our identity and our worth being declared and determined by God and believing those things, it would have changed a lot for me. I don't know if I had the capacity at that age. And so I speak those words over my kids constantly. I don't ever stop that one. I think it's the most powerful thing ever that the world, in the world's economy, our identity is achieved. It just is. What you do is who you are. And in God's economy, it's declared by him. He tells us who we are. And I just wish I'd known that. But that's okay. You know, it's a good thing to lean into and learn every day. And I'm not sure we'll ever get there until we're in his presence. Love it. That's so good. I agree with it. Kay, where can people find you? Look you up, follow you, stalk you, all those things. (laughs) Well, at kwyma.com. But again, I, you know, I'm really not very good at a lot of this stuff, but I love Instagram. So that's, I think where I would, and by loving Instagram, I like that you can just say that you can just put a little something encouraging there. So I really enjoy that. So, and it's kwyma on Instagram, Instagram, but you can connect with the books and stuff like that on kwyma.com. And okay, I perfect. can't thank you guys enough and, and just your listeners for making it through. <laughs> <laughs> and I forgive it. me if I was if preachy or anything, my goodness, but you guys are wonderful. And I just, I oh. appreciate what you do and I just can't thank you enough and please keep on keeping on. Oh, thank you. Thank you you. are such a gift to us. And this conversation was such a blessing. So we know it will bless so many people. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. I can't think of a better person to close out this season with Kay Wyma. Yeah, we saved one of the best for last. That's a wrap for this season Woo! of Live It Well. Guys, thank you so much for listening and being with us along this journey. And we just hope and pray that you have been blessed by these episodes as much as we have. I feel changed. I always feel changed at the end of a season of listening from and learning from all of these incredible people who are living it well. And hopefully it challenges you and inspires you to live your own life well and to lean into Christ and just remember that he is the source of all life. He's the only source of true life. So we pray that you have a great summer and remember you can pre-order the book. What? (laughs) There's a book out there. Yeah, there's a book. Yeah, guys, uh, you can head over to therhythmofus.com, learn more about the book. Uh, There's a lot of exciting stuff that's going to be updated there. So check it out. Make sure you keep up to date there. And then ultimately, go grab the book. Go ahead and pre-order it so you don't even have to think about it when it comes. It's going to show up at your door as a nice little gift and surprise at the beginning of November. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. All right, guys. Well, thank you, as always, for tuning in and for all of your support and encouragement. It really means so much to us. We're praying you have an amazing summer. That's a wrap on this season of the Live It Well podcast. We'll see you in the fall. All right, guys. Well, let's all do it together. Say it loud, say it proud. Remember, you only get one life. Live it well. well.